In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. Every once in a while, there's a text that even though I've sat with it all week and I've written a whole sermon about, I read it here in this space with you, and the first thing I think of is, does anybody else want to preach this morning? (laughs) But I did write a sermon, so I suppose that's what we should do unless anyone's eager to take my place. There is a reason, I think, that one of the first words we use as a human is, any guesses? Yes, that's true, Mama, yeah, that's true. A little bit after that. No. No, No, says the person who directed a day school for 25 years. No. Babies learn to talk, and they love the word no. And if you've ever been around a toddler who's sort of coming into their own, you know that it's true. It certainly is in my house right now. We'll come back to that. No features prominently in their developing vocabulary. And any good child psychologist or teacher will tell you that that no is actually very important. It's one of the first ways that our children begin to differentiate and to see themselves as individuals, to express themselves and articulate, to say that they have likes and dislikes and opinions about things, which actually is a very good thing, even though the no sounds not great sometimes. And while particularly as parents and teachers, we want to hem them in in appropriate ways, it is inherently a good thing if we want to raise people who can navigate the challenge and the tumult and the beauty of this world around us. When I was in seminary, the dean of the Episcopal Anglican program that I was a part of preached a sermon about a small text in Matthew 5 um, that always sticks with me and always comes back to me when I read this text. And so I want to share with you what his point was, because I, I sort of can't see the text today without it. The verse from Matthew 5 is this, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And what the dean went on to say is that as ordained people, and I would venture to say for all of us as Christians, it's equally as important, that our yes is yes and our no is no, that our word is true, that we keep it. It's important that we are transparent, that we mean what we say, that we keep a watch on our words, that we are consistent and reliable There is a need for that kind of honesty and transparency and consistency in the world that we live in. And the church, as we know, has hurt many, many people. So for us as Christians in this moment, it is so important that we make an effort to be honest and transparent, to be faithful, to be loving, and to live well and learn to love like Jesus. And in part, some of that is about learning to present ourselves as who we are, to let our yes be yes and our no be no. This is the very same lesson on faithfulness and constancy that we get in the gospel this morning. We're going to work backwards a little bit. The second part of the passage, in fact, is about people saying the word no. A father asks his two sons to go work in the field. One says yes and doesn't go. The other says no and then decides to do the right thing and goes anyway. Who does the will of the Father, Jesus says. Well, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's the one who eventually goes and does the work. 
who for whatever reason, maybe because he feels bad about the no, maybe he realizes the work still needs to get done, maybe he's thinking about his own inheritance, maybe it's even a little self-serving, but regardless of the reason, he decides to go. And that's the point. Jesus' larger point, of course, is about the sinners, right? We hear this this repeating in the last part of the gospel about tax collectors and prostitutes. But what he's really after is about the fact that there are, these, there are these people that have been cast out by society, by religious society, by polite society as it's constructed at the time. And, and they're portrayed as people who have been living a life of no. They've said no to faith, theoretically. They've said no to God. They've said no to living within the particular cultural norms. They've said no to following the law, as faithful Jewish people did at this point. They've said no to living in particular ways that honor the bonds of God's people. They've said no to righteousness and faithfulness and consistency and constancy. At least, that is what the religious elites would have you believe. And yet, for some reason, when they hear Jesus' voice, they're able to say yes. And Jesus makes sure that they are able to begin to live lives of yes. Yes to God, yes to community, yes to what really matters. And I want to be clear that it isn't just because they finally said yes, it's because Jesus makes it absolutely possible for everyone else on the other side to also say yes to them. It is yes in both directions. Yes to God. Yes to what really matters. And of course, Jesus' point is that the scribes and Pharisees say a very public yes, right? The religious elites say they're very, very public yes, but then they don't actually do the will of God. This criticism continues throughout the gospel. The scribes and the Pharisees are often noted for their hypocritical behavior. They like to look good in public, but they ignore the heart of the law. They follow the letter of it, they make sure they check all the boxes and do all the things that need to get done, but their heart isn't in it. And Jesus frequently criticizes them for using it in order to be cruel to other people, to take advantage of them, and to live comfortably at the expense of others. So their yes, even though it looks good, even though it looks good on paper, their yes is a bit misleading. They are like the son who says yes, and then, I don't know what he did that day, maybe he went to go sit on the beach or something. But their yes is shallow and empty. In the first part of the gospel, we have a perfect example of this behavior. Jesus knows the scribes and the Pharisees won't just honestly answer this question. That's why he sets them up, because they're worried about their position, about their power, and they don't want to give away any of their control, any of their ability to sway the crowd. They don't want to anger the crowds, but they also don't want to give any control to Jesus. So rather than just answering the question, they play a little game. Rather than just telling the truth and letting their yes be yes, living out loud this this life of honesty and trustworthiness, they play this little game with Jesus and they don't answer his question because they are afraid. And so Jesus refuses to answer their question too. But lest you think that he is not saying yes, We have this beautiful text from Philippians. And if you look in your bulletin, that piece of the passage that is sort of offset, that piece is called the Christ Hymn. And it's it's a passage that was used in the ancient church, probably as a hymn. It was probably sung and chanted 
It's one of the oldest liturgical texts that we have, meaning that it, it's one of the oldest things we know of that was read and used in the midst of worship like we're doing right now. And this whole passage, especially that whole section, is about Jesus's yes. It is about his overwhelmingly big yes. His life of yes. His life that gives life to the rest of us. Jesus says yes to emptying himself, to giving up his position and his power and his equality with God in order to come and to live here with us. He says yes to being born in human form, to living a life just like ours, a life on this earth, eating and sleeping and needing and wanting things the way that we do. He says yes to humility, even though he has eternal and omnipotent power within him, even though the Gospel of John tells us that nothing in creation comes into being without him. He says yes to being here, finite, in flesh, and he lives this life, I think, on earth to show us his yes, to teach us to live that way too, to let our yes be yes, to say yes to God's work and to say yes to the sacrifices that are necessary when we choose to be part of God's mission. Now, I don't know about you. I'm willing to guess that we're not all that different, but I have said my fair share of no's. In fact, I remember quite a long season in my life when I said no to this, when I said no to this calling, when I said no to this life. God was exceedingly clear, and I kept saying no. No, no, I want something else. No, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not good enough for that. No, I'm not cut out for that. No, 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 no. I said a lot of no's. Maybe there are moments in your life where you can remember yourself saying no to something like that, something that actually turned out to be wonderful, something that defined you. But my no, obviously, eventually turned into a yes. A yes that I wouldn't take back for all the world. But a yes that I still have to try every day to live into. A yes that still comes with choices and sacrifices. A yes that is full of joy but also asks a lot. And that is what faith is. Now, one of the things that I love about scripture is how alive it is. You could read this gospel passage that we've just heard, and you could read it very flat. You could read it in sort of a lifeless way where there's conversation back and forth, but it's not all that interesting. Jesus sort of plows through the words. Or you can imagine that scripture is a little bit like an email. And you can read it any way you want. Right? You can make people angry, you can make them sad, you can make them excited, you can make them joyful. Today's gospel is just like that. So we don't actually know what that no sounded like, or the yes for that matter. We can only sort of listen to that conversation and try to speculate. But I'll tell you a short little story about no in my house. Um, last night I was getting my daughter's bath ready and she was downstairs. And I asked her to come upstairs, and I heard this no from downstairs. And so I waited a minute, and I said it again, and I heard no. And she looked, sounded a little closer, so I was hopeful. And I said it a third time, and this time I sort of leaned around the wall and looked down the stairs. And as she said no, she was smiling up at me, climbing the stairs. 
Like most toddlers, she often leans with no, but then most of the time comes around. Wouldn't it be great if we all lived that way? Even if no was our instinct at first. If we found a way eventually to sort of smile and come around. I tell you that story because we don't know what kind of a no the son said. We don't know if it was an emphatic no. We don't know if it was a sweet no. We don't know if it was an upset no. I have so many other things to do, no. It's easy to judge him for it, but that's not our job. Instead, he should remind us of the no's that we've said and of the things that we're being asked about now, the things that we might be tempted to say no to now, but that God is asking us to say yes to instead. So this morning, if you have said any no's in your life, and I'm willing to bet that you have, if you are still saying no to something, if you have ever drawn a line in the sand and said, I'm not going any further than this, if you don't want to do any more, give any more, say that you can't do whatever God is asking you to do, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, even if it's a passive no, Right, where you don't really say no, you just kind of go away. Paul has words for you today. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you. Whether you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to work and to will for his good pleasure. Because of that, there is nothing that is beyond your reach. There is nothing that you are not good enough for. There is nothing you've done that is so bad it can't be fixed. And there is no no that you have said so strongly that it cannot be turned into a yes. Believe me, I tried. You can choose today or tomorrow or whenever it is you have enough courage to do it to say yes. Again, to live a life of yes, to live a life like Jesus does, this life of loving sacrifice where he pours himself out in order to give life to others. This week, think about the no's that you've said and the no's that you are still saying. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be faithful. Be constant, be consistent, be honest, and choose as often as you can to live a life that says yes to God, yes to love, yes to joy. Even if you've said no, it is never too late. Amen.